Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, you can also listen live across the Faith Radio Network Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern for the entire hour. And if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. And welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I've received a question right here at the top of the hour from Jason. Is God white? Uh, Jason, thank you so much for your question. No, God is not Caucasian. In fact, the scriptures tell us that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We have certain qualities that we ascribe to God using human terms, but make no mistake, God is outside of time. He is spirit. And I will say this too, Jason, we worship Jesus Christ who, when he was in his earthly vessel, uh, when in his incarnation, without a doubt, he was born in the Middle East. He would have had darker skin. He was a Jew. And so, no, God is not white. Well, I welcome you to our program today. Again, always submit your questions to me at AskJJJ.com. We have such a dynamic uh, set of guests today. I have been counting down the weeks for this program today because I have joining us two wonderful men of God who are being used by God in their different areas tremendously. I have Jerry B. Jenkins. You know that name. He's written nearly 200 books, some of them novels, some of them biographies, of course, the Left Behind novel series. And I have joining us my dear friend and colleague, Professor Craig Evans, who is the Distinguished Professor of Christian Origins, the Bassanio Distinguished Professor at Houston Baptist University. We're going to have this dynamic discussion about their new book, Dead Sea Rising, which is a Christian novel, historically accurate. I don't want to give away any of the details, but you're not going to want to miss a segment. I was also really moved talking to Jerry and the exposure that I've had with him because I had forgotten that he had spent over a year with Dr. Billy Graham as he was working with Dr. Graham on the now famous book, the famous biography, Just As I Am. I'm going to be asking Jerry to give us some of those delicious details of what it was like spending that much time having that much exposure with the great evangelist, Billy Graham. And, of course, you can submit your questions. It's www.askjjj. Dot com. And again, I want to thank you for those of that are, who are just joining us for the very first time. This program is a regular program on Faith Radio Network. We're also a podcast that has a burgeoning um, audience. And so I want to encourage you, you know, it's hard for us to catch every broadcast. So make sure you pull out your iPhone, pull out your smartphone, subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnson Show on iTunes or Google, Google Play. You can listen to these broadcasts. They're archived. Uh, for you, and we create a blog every single week, so you can share this broadcast on your social media networks. Just go to Faith Radio on Facebook. I know that today is going to touch your life in a special way. Uh, you don't want to miss this. We've got to go to a break for 90 seconds, but when we come back, I have joining me in studio the great perennial author, Jerry B. Jenkins, and the finest historical Jesus scholar alive today, 
Professor Craig Evans. You're listening to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Stay with us back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. This is your host, Jeremiah, and I have joining me today in studio Jerry Jenkins, one of the all-time great authors in American history, uh, somebody whom the Holy Spirit has used mightily through the gifts that God has given to him to write, to narrate, to share story, uh, and also to report. So, Jerry, it's so great to have you in the studio here today on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. And also, to my left, uh, joining me back a second time, Dr. Evans, you were the first guest to be back a second time already on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I have the distinguished professor of Christian origins at Houston Baptist University joining me, Professor Craig Evans. Dr. Evans, thanks for being back on the Jeremiah Johnston program. My pleasure, Jeremiah. Good to be with you. You all will recall uh, we did a show several months ago on the best of biblical archaeology, one of our top downloaded programs. If you missed that, I want to encourage you to check that out. Of course, Craig and I interviewed two other archaeologists. Uh, I want to jump right in. This is a show where we don't tell people how to think, but we inspire them by God's grace to be Christian thinkers. God said that we should love him with our heart soul and mind and the Shema and then Jesus said that was the greatest commandment in Matthew 22 and so I want to ask you right at the beginning what does it mean to you Jerry to be a Christian thinker hmm. I've never been accused of being a thinker before that's the that's the rub um, <laughs> in fact the reason that uh, that I'm associated with Craig Evans is because he's a biblical consultant to my uh, latest novel um, and I need that um, I mean I was raised in the church and um and I believe what I was taught, and I try to practice what I was taught. But um, really studying theology and being a scholar, I, I'm happy to cede that to, to Dr. Evans and get his input. But uh, for me, um, being a Christian writer mm. changes the, the way I view success. Most writers, especially novelists, are looking for good reviews. They're looking for big mm. sales. They're looking for royalty checks. Um, they're in it for the fame and fortune. Um, ironically, I've I've enjoyed a lot of that, but when I was a teenager, I, w I felt called to full-time Christian work, and I was already a sports writer at that age. Wow. And um, I thought, well, okay, now I'm going to have to give up the writing and, and study for the pastorate or missionary work. But a wise counselor, mm. in fact, it was the wife of the speaker the, the night that I felt this call to full-time Christian work. She said, Often, God equips us before he calls us. Hmm. So don't turn your back on the writing. The writing may be the vehicle that, that you use to fulfill the call. So people ask me if I'm, if I'm called to be a writer, and not really. I'm called to full-time Christian work, whatever mm -hmm. that means. Mm -hmm. I mean, if God decides you've done enough of this and now you are to be a missionary or whatever, uh, I would do that. But it, but it really has affected my view of success because to me, Success is obedience, obeying the call, and if, and that means writing. I have nothing to do with how many sales there are, what kind of checks come in, what kind of reviews come in. I obey by writing and 
fulfilling that call to full-time Christian work. Friends, if you're just joining us on Faith Radio Network, my guest today in studio, perennial author Jerry Jenkins, 21 New York Times bestsellers, and then my colleague, Professor Craig Evans, and we're going to be discussing here in studio Dead Sea Rising. Uh, but Jerry, you just said something so powerful. Uh, in this show, we receive unanswered questions every week, and often people are struggling with the call of God on their lives. And Jerry, you just said that God equips us often even before he calls us. Mm-hmm. And you're not worried about the success. You're worried about just honoring the God calling on your life. Take us back, though, through your testimony, because um, you are known not just in the Christian world, but I do want to alert our audience here. I've just read... Uh, in the last year, Ryan Holiday's book, Perennial Seller, and Ryan is not a Christian. He makes that very clear, uh, but he is highlighting what it takes to create content that is perennial. It's evergreen, be it movies, media, and he, he's, he focuses on books, but he uses you, Jerry Jenkins, mm-hmm. numerous times as an example of a perennial author, how to have a message and stay with that message and be perennial and successful um, but I want to take us back to the Jerry Jenkins before perennial author, before uh, perennial writing, uh, before, I mean, I think people don't realize the Left Behind book, correct me if I'm wrong, was this your 125th book? Yeah, the first book in the Left Behind series was my 125th. Yeah. <laughs> and you're up to 190 now, am I right? 195. Is yeah. this 195? I'm 195. Dead Sea Rising, book number 195 by Jerry Jenkins and Craig Evans, biblical consultant. But give us your testimony, if you would, though. I, I want to hear about a little bit more about your story you were just alluding to yeah I was raised in a Christian home and um, came to faith uh, through my mother at, at about age six and of course that that means you need to have a lot of growing and and uh, challenges and and even a good rededication experience mm-hmm. as a teenager um, but uh, you know people often say you know why why so many books and 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 why so much writing and at the risk of sounding falsely modest, I really, I truly believe I'm mono-gifted. I don't sing or dance or preach. Writing is what I do. And mm-hmm. so I feel obligated to still do it, even though I don't need to do it for income mm-hmm. or for, you know, a career or whatever. Um, but that's the, that's the reason behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've always wanted to, you know, when, when you talk about, um, you know, how you view life and how you view your faith, um, you know, I, I wish I were a, a bolder witness in person. I have friends, and I'm on a board of evangelists and th- people like that. And I, I sort of spiritually envy their, those gifts, but I exercise them in, in the writing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I suppose, an introvert. Um, a lot of my work has to be public speaking and interacting with people, which I can do. But if I'm tested, it, it shows that, that I'd rather be alone in the, in the room with the computer and, and doing my thing. But, uh, but I do take great comfort in the fact that I can exercise my gift, my one gift, and, and see results that evangelists mm. and pastors and teachers see as well. Mm. Mm, powerful. And how did you come to know this was your one gift? Well, um, when I was a, a kid, I was, my mother taught me to read before I went to kindergarten. Wow. And um, 
so when I was in, in uh, first grade, the, the big deal in our family was that, that I was already reading at the fourth grade level. The joke in our family is that I still read at a fourth grade level. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I, I loved to read, and, and so I was a sports freak, and I, I was a baseball player as a kid, and, and that was my whole life. And when I was injured in high school playing sports and realized, you know, my future was not going to be in baseball, um, I wanted to stay close to the sports scene. So I started sports writing for the school paper. And and uh, I remember going, when I was 14 years old, I went to a local newspaper and asked them how they were fixed for sports writers because I am one, is what I wow. said. Wow. And <laughs> I, I, I was a big kid, and I looked older than I was, which was a big advantage when you're 14, not so much now. <laughs> um, but... Um, I don't, I don't think the sports editor realized that I, didn't, I wasn't old enough to drive yet. My mother was waiting for me in the parking lot. And um, he said, I'll try you on a couple of high school games. You cover these, write them up for us. And he would edit it, and then what would survive, he would pay me a dollar an inch for what came out in the paper. So I've been a professional writer since I was 14 years wow. old. Wow. And then it was about age 16 when I had that, felt that call to full-time Christian work. And um, and gratefully, I've been able to use the writing as a way to, to fulfill that call. What was the first book? My very first book was uh, called Sammy Tippett, God's Love in Action. And uh, Sammy's a couple years older than I am. And so I was 23 and he was 25 when his book came out. And um, he's he's one of those just absolutely sold out um, evangelist, personal evangelist and preacher at that time, he was just a kid from the South that had come to Chicago and, and was passing out tracks in front of nightclubs and got in trouble for it because he was hurting their business. <laughs> and I was doing a story on him for a Sunday school paper, and I thought, this is worth a book, even though he's, he's this young. And so I, I wrote his life story and uh, and pitched it to the Southern Baptist publisher, Broadman. Yes. And they said, we've been thinking about a book about Sammy Tibbet, and, and that that was the opening. Wow. How old were you with that first book? I was 23. 23 years old. So yeah. 14, you become a professional writer. And I hope that you're listening across the Faith Radio Network because I love these stories of great faith. Um, but I think oftentimes, if we're not careful, we just think God's going to drop a career in our lap. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that he works through human agency. He works through taking steps of faith, getting and forgive me, off your ask, your ASK, and learning how to ask somebody for help, asking, um, you know, man's gifts makes room for him. Isn't that right? Yeah. And um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people will be reminded, um, you have not just had great success with fiction writing, as you just mentioned, nonfiction writing, um, and you've been involved with Dr. Graham. Of course, last year, uh, Dr. Graham went to heaven um, and you were involved with the great book, Just As I Am. Can you just give us a little bit of background on how that came together? Yeah, that was kind of bizarre. Um, I, I was asked to uh, to chat with the people at the, at the Graham organization about the possibility of, of assisting Mr. Graham with his, his autobiography. And uh, I, I made a mistake in the, in the process, uh, and I don't know why I didn't think of it, but I should have assumed that at some point they would say, what qualifies you to do this? And I could have been ready with all my biographies I'd written and all the stuff, the way I was raised in the church and that I was familiar with his ministry and all that. But I wasn't prepared for that question. They, they were aware of my work and everything, so I you know, let that ride. But at one point, it got down to the wire, and they said, what, what would qualify you to, to, to write Dr. Graham's book or to assist him with his memoirs? And I just blurted the truth. I said, well, nobody's 
really qualified to do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, all you can do is the best you can do to, to do justice to his life and, and, and his calling. And, um, and then later they told me that the reason I was chosen to help him with the, from the birth through the Nixon years was, was my input in, in the, wow. the autobiography. Um, and he said it was because you didn't try to pretend you were qualified to do wow. this, you know. Um, so sometimes it's best to not plan ahead and That's just right. let the truth will out. You know? Well, it's one thing that I've admired. And if you're just joining us, my guests today are Jerry Jenkins and Professor Craig Evans. But um, I've just known you today here in Houston, Texas, where we're recording this. And you have just such a great spirit about you, Jerry, uh, a great spirit of humility as well. And I think it's really neat that here we have someone that could have performed all of his credentials. And, you know, I love to follow up on these interviews So for the takeaway factor. And you just said nobody's qualified, and look at the door God opened. Yeah. So, and I think that is the, the role of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. He'll tell us what to say in those moments. We don't need to be over-prepared. It doesn't mean we're not prepared, but it, we don't need to be over-prepared. We need to let God be God. Now, uh, friends, we're going to take a break for 90 seconds, but when we come back, I'm holding in my hands the 195th book by Jerry Jenkins, Dead Sea Rising, a novel uh, with biblical consultant, professor, archaeology expert, Professor Craig Evans, who collaborated on what is the first in a series of novels. You're going to want to hear about this again. The title is Dead Sea Rising. I want to encourage you to go to Amazon or Christian Book, buy it right now, published by Worthy Publishers. Um, we're going to be back in 90 seconds with our guests in studio today. You're listening to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Stay with us back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnson Show. This is your host, Jeremiah, welcoming all of you joining us across the Faith Radio Network and also on the Jeremiah Johnston Radio Podcast. I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, to subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnston Radio Show Podcast. And thanks to all of you who are giving those reviews. And so importantly, so delighted to hear from you at AskJJJ.com with how the Holy Spirit is using this program, our guests, the interviews, clarification of difficult questions in your life. We praise God for that, and we hope that you'll tell other friends and family members about this program. I have joining me in studio today Jerry Jenkins, perennial best-selling author, and Professor Craig Evans, my colleague and dear friend of many years. I'm holding in my hand the hardback novel that has just been released in the last few weeks, Dead Sea Rising. Now, this is fascinating because we have a great novelist and we have the finest historical Jesus scholar in the English-speaking world, and you're coming together. I don't know if this has ever been done before, and you've produced this wonderful work of historical fiction. Tell us about Dead Sea Rising and then the story of how you all have collaborated. Yeah, this actually was an idea that came from the publisher uh, to me, which is uh, sort of unusual. I, I worried about not having enough years left for the ideas I've got. And, and a lot of people, lay people and readers, will say, I've got an idea for you, and I try to say, I appreciate it, but part of the fun <laughs> of being a novelist is, is writing your own ideas. But uh, Byron Williamson, who was head of Worthy Publishing, came to me with this and said, you know, they just had this germ of an idea of having an archaeology uh, expert be the the main character and uh, 
So we just started running with that and playing with it, and it really did intrigue me. And uh, But the best thing they said was that we've got a biblical consultant that can really make this work. Because I'm not a scholar or a theologian, and I'm not you know trying to downplay my own abilities, but that's not my field. And so I want that, you know, you want stuff in fiction to be right. Correct. Because fiction needs to be believable, ironically enough. <laughs> and uh, so, so to have built-in research by having uh, access to, to Dr. Evans has just been a delight. So tell us the big idea of the book. Uh, what's the elevator speech on Dead Sea Rising? Well, it's, uh, it's a story of uh, an archaeologist who's in her late 30s, um, and she has discovered something in one of her digs that makes her think that, that uh, uh, it could change the face of history and politics in the Middle East. It would, it would be a new look at, uh, at what really is behind all the conflict over there. So just another day at the office for Dr. Evans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so, um, you know, and really what I did in this novel, and it, it kind of came to me in the writing, every other chapter goes back to ancient Mesopotamia. And so uh, I've got a modern-day story that's set in Manhattan, and I've got an ancient story set in, in the Middle East 4,000 years ago. And every chapter you're switching back and wow. forth. Wow, wow. Wow. Okay, Dr. Evans, tell us about what it's been like working with Jerry Jenkins. And I just think it's, you have a message too for biblical scholars. I look at Jerry as a phenomenal example of a hybrid author, success with biographies, nonfiction. Of course, we all know him from fiction, but you yourself, I mean, you have nothing left to publish, I don't think. I shouldn't say that in the academic world. You're on number 700, academically speaking, and yet you have felt such a call in your own life for the church. So tell us about not just the book itself, how you work together, but your ability to collaborate and why you feel called to that. Well, you know, uh, we biblical scholars sometimes get up in the ivory tower and <clears throat> we just don't get out of that tower and speak to the public. And, uh, in fact, I have jokingly said that uh, what we do is work for two or three years to write a book read by dozens. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then somebody like Dan Brown comes along you know, and puts out a book that's got everything wrong and uh, millions of people read it. Mm. And so, uh, of course, we can't complain if we don't contribute, if we don't lend our expertise, if we don't speak uh, to the popular venue, what's going to change it? Mm. And so this opportunity to collaborate uh, with Jerry Jenkins was, in that sense, a dream come true. And it was just a few years ago uh, that my agent said, look, if you want to communicate with people who are not going to read your scholarly books, they're not going to read commentaries, they're not going to read introductions to the Bible, but they do read fiction. Mm -hmm. So why don't you think about going in that direction where, you know, you, know, you contribute to, or if you can, write uh, a novel and where the Bible is taught, biblical history, the history of Israel. And so on is taught. And, you know, I tried, and I realized, man, writing fiction is difficult. I can't keep my lies straight. <laughs> I need, we need, and I told my agent, see if you can find somebody who knows how to tell good stories. And, uh, and of course, it was just wonderful when uh, about a year ago we were brought together and we talked about it. We had a great time at Worthy Publishing with Byron. Uh, spitballing. I was scribbling on white paper hung on the walls, and uh, as we tried to figure out, okay, what's the kind of thing that might happen and, and all the rest of that, it was a lot of fun. And now the books are becoming a reality. They're coming out, and uh, later this year the, the sequel will be yes. out, and it's really exciting. So I'm really glad it's happening, and it's been fun working with Jerry. I liken him to a graduate student. 
Mm-hmm. I say something, he writes it down. I mean, hey, <laughs> students, are you listening? That's what you're supposed to do. When the professor speaks, listen and write it down. So it's been a real pleasure working with him. And friends, again, my guests today are perennial author Jerry Jenkins and Professor Craig Evans. I'm holding in my hands Dead Sea Rising, this brilliant novel uh, with these multi, these parallel worlds uh, at the same time in the narrative. Um, and if you've ever been frustrated before reading a book, if you've been to the land of Israel and you just see something that's just completely not accurate, you'll, you will not have that frustration with Dead Sea Rising. It is historically accurate fiction, and that's what makes the story pop. And, Dr. Evans, I want you to speak about that for a moment, because uh, you and I have been to movies together. We've been friends for over a decade, and we both looked at each other and said, well, that's totally out of place, or that's completely false, or, you know, and it just ruins the story, doesn't it? And yet, I'm holding in my hand volume one, and I just know, because your name's on it, and because of the incredible abilities God's given jury, this is a book I can trust uh, that's going to represent the biblical lands with accuracy, the holy land with accuracy. Why is that important? Well, I think it's very important that if you're going to write fiction and you're going to say, well, this is going out in the Middle East or this is what archaeology is, get that right. The fiction is great. You can, you can have a murder mystery. You can have something going on that's suspenseful and all the rest of that, fictional characters. But the actual backstory ought to be accurate. And, that, and, and so this is not Indiana Jones. I was glad when Indiana Jones came out, I thought, okay, this is exciting, it's fun. And by the way, it did make archaeology more popular. The trouble was it's smash and grab, it's looting. Yeah. It's the, it's, this is how archaeology, you might say, started out 200 years ago. True. People were just stealing things. <laughs> but now, that wasn't archaeology, but this book presupposes and will, especially in the next volume that follows, how archaeology is done. And you know what? Real archaeology is exciting, too. That's right. So you don't have to distort it. You don't have to goof it up. Tell it like it is. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I don't know how many books we'll produce in the years to come, how many stories will be developed. But archaeology, real archaeology, involves all kinds of crazy things, thefts, forgery, accidental death arson. I mean, you name it, it's all there so you can tell exciting fictional stories and yet still be accurate the way things really are. Exactly. And uh, friends, uh, we, we pointed that out in our entire show on archaeology. I mean, who knew biblical archaeology was a front for the CIA and MI6 at one time? <laughs> you can't, you know, truth is sometimes often stranger than fiction. Um, Dr. Evans, um, tell us a little bit more about how neat it's been for you um, to work with Jerry, to have the opportunity and about, because uh, these are two worlds that are just, have totally been uh, fused together. What's been, what, what's that been like for you? Well, anytime I'm with him personally, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> He's a nice guy. He's just a lot of fun. He can communicate well. He listens. He takes notes, as I said. But we have exchanged, I've lost track, how many emails back and forth and I'm delighted to do this because he doesn't ask twice. Here comes an email and says, by the way, uh, what's your take on this? Or how do you do this? Or I've heard something reported in the news. Is it true? And then I respond and say, well, this is what's going on. And he immediately writes back with a follow-up. Thank you for this. You know, here's another question. So, like I said, that's why I uh, use him as a model student. I wish all my students were like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I told Jerry at the uh, book signing we did some time ago at Barnes & Noble in Colorado Springs, 
Springs. If you want to do a Ph.D. with me, fine. I'm happy to be your supervisor. <laughs> well, I think that's a wonderful collaboration. Um, Jerry, tell us your vision for the remaining books for this series. Well, the great thing about this is that um, the, the biblical story continues. I mean, the, when I go back 4,000 years to talk about basically the birth of Abram in this, in this book, um, there's a, a, a long way to go with that story. And, of course, the modern-day story is just a matter of, you know, how much can you imagine? I've got my you know, main, main character and the, and the orbital characters. They can all grow and, and have character arcs. And, and the, the whole writing of this series is really informed by the binge-watching of television mm. I've done the last few years, watching things like Downton Abbey and things mm-hmm. like that, because I've noticed that with this age of, of minuscule attention spans, we're addicted to screens. We're addicted to the screen in our pocket, to the one that's on the wall in our, in our home, to the ones in front of us on our desk, and to the multiplex big one on the wall. And so people need, and I noticed this in these, in these binge-watching TV shows, the writers know how to, to give a setup and a payoff. They've got one that's, that's um, season-long. They've got one that's episode-long. And then they've got one every five minutes or so mm-hmm. that, that satisfies the viewer. It's like, will, will they find out this is really a bad guy? Will this couple get together? Will these people be married? All these setups and payoffs. And so I just started doing that in this book, and it's gotten a really unusual response from readers saying, you know, it kept my interest. It kept me turning the pages more so than I've gotten on anything I've written before, I think. Wow, wow. Well, we're excited for the entire series. Again, that's Dead Sea Rising. I want to encourage you to buy uh, volume one that is available today. Uh, you can get that on anywhere books are sold. Um, when we come back after the break, I want to return uh, to the theme of this program, and I want to talk to Jerry Jenkins about what his personal unanswered question is. I, Jerry, ask all of my guests uh, what their unanswered question is that they have uh, struggled in. And I want to encourage you to stay with us because in 90 seconds I'm going to be returning in studio with Jerry Jenkins and Craig Evans. And then I want to return to Dr. Graham because Dr. Graham um, was really part of the architecture of Faith Radio Network. We're airing now to thousands of people across almost 20 different stations, FM and AM, across the United States. And really the vision for this radio network was Dr. Graham when he led the University of Northwestern to buy KTIS. I want to return to that theme if we can as well. Friends, we're going to take a 90-second break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. If you're listening on Faith Radio Network or later on the podcast, it's a joy to have you joining us because today is a special program in studio. Professor Craig Evans, the John Bassanio Distinguished Professor of Christian Origins at Houston Baptist University. And wow, uh, book number 195, amazing author Jerry Jenkins and new friend of mine, I'm very pleased to say. Uh, guys, thanks so much for joining us for another segment. This is the Jeremiah Johnston Show. And friends, I want to encourage you right now to connect with my guests on social media. You can connect with Jerry Jenkins on Twitter at Jerry B. Jenkins and with Dr. Craig Evans on Twitter at Dr. Craig A. Evans on Twitter. I want to encourage you because um, I've really been impressed uh, with both of you, the things that you
you put out on social media for your audiences, with your platform and your following. Uh, and, friends, I want you to benefit and be resourced from the things that they say and do. Uh, Jerry, tell us about this network that you have. Is it a dollar um, that all someone needs to pay, and they can be connected with you, and you drop all kinds of wisdom on them from writing, and you do course and teaching. Can you speak a little bit about that for our audience, in case I'm sure many would like to participate? Yeah, it's the Jerry Jenkins Writers Guild, and uh, you can check us out at jerrysguild.com. Uh, or jerryjenkins.com. Um, and that $1 offer is we, we offer people uh, 14 days for a dollar, and they get to see everything we've put on. I've got over 2,000 uh, students online, and I do four um, new trainings per month. Two of them are live, two of them are produced. Um, and, we've, and we archive everything we've done for the last few years. So that if somebody gets in there for 14 days, they can see everything we've done all that time. They can get in on one of the one or two of the live things, and just see if it's something that uh, that appeals to them. But it's it's really been rewarding to see people, um, you know, wherever they are in their writing journey. I think I can bring them along. Wow. And uh, you know, I, I'm not promising anybody that they'll be a best-selling author or that they'll be you know make riches overnight that type of thing. I just say. Wherever you are, we can make you better at it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen online, and even on your Facebook page, so many people benefit. And you yourself are there answering their questions. I've seen you post a photo and say, you know, talk about this scene as if you were the author. I just love, I love how you interact. So friends, definitely connect with them on social media. Again, we've been discussing primarily Dead Sea Rising, the new novel series authored by Jerry Jenkins and biblical consultant Dr. Craig Evans. Dr. Evans, I want to ask you a question. Uh, for a moment, what does it say about our faith? I often say about Christianity, we are unusual in that, unlike any other faith in the world, we say you can test us against history. I think it says a lot, and in that sense, uh, the Christian faith is unique. That was what uh, some of our earliest Christian leaders were saying in the first century. That's what they, in the second century, that's what they were saying to Romans and Greeks, some of whom were skeptics. Uh, because Christianity is not a philosophy. There are plenty of philosophies. And yes, Christianity can lead to and should lead to a worldview and a philosophy and ethics, behavior, and so on. But at the heart of Christian faith is a story. It's, it's a series of events. And it goes all the way back to the beginning. God is speaking to certain people. He speaks to the prophets. He speaks to the patriarchs, the founding fathers, the history of Israel. But ultimately, it's all centered in what God did in his son, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. his own ministry, the way he healed people, what he taught. But, of course, uh, Passion Week, uh, Easter, uh, the weekend, Jesus dies on the cross. He's raised up on the third day. So that's why Christianity can be tested. It's because it's talking about real people actual events that took place. So it's not a fairy tale. It's not a legend about some guru wandering the hills, passing on nuggets of philosophy and insight. We're not talking about kung fu. We're not talking about uh, fortune cookie tidbits of wisdom and so on. We're talking about a real person, an event that occurred that changed the world. It was a pivot. It's before Christ. That's B.C. After that, it's A.D. It's this new era that has uh, begun to unfold. And look at the impact on the world. Yes. So that's why, as a Christian, I say, look, it hasn't to do with me. It hasn't to do with some kind of philosophy. It's really compelling, or it's better than what Buddha taught, or it's better than somebody else. It's about what has happened, what happened uh, with Jesus of Nazareth, 
what happened in his life, his death, his resurrection, the impact that had on his following, what happened in the early church, and what continues to happen now. It's a historical story. And anything that lays claim to history can be tested. That's where archaeology comes in. Ancient sources, Dead Sea Scrolls, old Bible manuscripts. It just goes on and on. There is so much data so much evidence that there are rooms filled with it. We have tens of thousands of documents, tens of thousands of clay tablets, ceramic tablets with inscription, still not studied and published, and yet we continue to dig up more. Mm. Uh, Like the the brass ring not that long ago that was announced that has the name of Pontius Pilate on it. Do you realize just over a century ago there were people who said Pilate wasn't wasn't a real person. Wouldn't you love to talk to Bruno Bauer today? Yeah, yeah. Bru- Bruno Pilate Bauer. Didn't exist, Jesus didn't exist. It's all a sham. Yeah, a he was German a German scholar. a German skeptic back Poor in the 1840s. Bruno. Yeah, Bruno Bauer. You got it. 1840s. Two or three lengthy <laughs> volumes. I've seen them when I was a visiting yeah. fellow at Princeton. These kind of books are on their shelves. 1840s. He says, you know, the Gospels are myth. Jesus didn't exist. And Pontius Pilate's a myth. Well, wouldn't he be embarrassed today? Pilate's name is inscribed on stone, governor, prefect of Judea. There it is, found at a certain place in 1961, and now found in the 60s, but only identified, as I said a few months ago, a ring, a a seal ring with his name on it. Mm -hmm. And that's why if you are a follower of Jesus, there should be a confidence to your faith. This is why we go to the Bible. We go to God's Word, not Google. When we have a question, when we are struggling through an issue, the Bible speaks to every question in our lives. And we could not do a novel series with other religions that interacted with archaeology, could we, Dr. Evans? I mean, we've discussed this at length. There are other major world religions like Islam. You and I have written about this in op-eds for Fox News and other places, blogs. Um, if you, you would cause World War III if you wanted to talk about archaeology in the Temple Mount as it relates to Islam. So just touch on that. We don't have that much time left. Why that's unique with Christians. Yeah, it is unique. And uh, and I'm not trying to go off on a deal with uh, Muslims, and this is just a small minority, but there are some who say the Jewish temple didn't even exist. That's right. Well, my goodness, there's mountains, uh, Temple Mount for one, (coughs) mountains, mountains of evidence. And to deny this evidence is to just say, look, I don't want to think. I don't, I don't really want to know what the facts are. But Christ, Christians say, well, we do. We want to know what the facts are. We're not afraid of them. So bring it on. Bring yeah. out the evidence. And, and I find in my experience, and I've been at this professionally for 40 years, in my experience, the evidence just keeps piling up that the gospel story's got it right. The Jesus is a real person, and and uh, w- what actually happened is what the Gospels say. And had you or I or those listening, joining this discussion, been there that first Easter morning, that April morning, A.D. 30 or 33, you would have seen Jesus physically, bodily walking around. And that is an event in history, not fact, not fable, not myth. And that's today why we can do these great projects. We bring together a great narrator, a great storyteller like Jerry Jenkins, 
with a archaeology expert like Craig Evans, and we can talk about our faith because is the ultimate goal of these books, Jerry, I want to ask you about that because like you said, you, this is really a ministry for you, isn't it? You don't need to write another book, but is the goal ministry and evangelism? Is that what lie behind why you're doing Dead Sea Rising? It really is, and there's two audiences. There's the audience of believers who agree with us and will be encouraged, and then there's the uninitiated who say, what is this all about? And people listen to stories. Um, they might or might not listen to a lecture or, as Dr. That's Evans right. says, read a, you know, an academic book, but they'll read a story. So if the, if the um, accompanying facts are right and it's credible, uh, they can get something from it. I, I always teach writers that you know, a, an article or a book should always be more than just about something. It needs to be for the purpose of something. And mm. the purpose is for people to see the truth. That's right. Uh, we only have time for two more questions, but Faith Radio Network, uh, as far as I am familiar with the history as it's been told to me, would not exist were it not for Dr. Graham, who led the university in 1949 to buy the AM station KTIS, and they have grown from that to be one of the finest Christian networks in the United States today. Some fine, amazing people we partner with at Faith Radio Network for this show. You've written, you collaborated on The Great Just As I Am, and that I'm holding in my hand, in his own words, inspirational reflections on the life and wisdom of Billy Graham. If you can just share one thing for this audience, um, interacting with the Graham organization as you have, um, what stands out? Well, the 13 months I spent working with him on, on his autobiography, traveling from my home at, the, at that time I was in Chicago down to North Carolina, uh, my wife said every time I came back from one of those trips, I was like two feet off the ground. Wow. He's just the same in private as he is in public. It's that true humility, that Christ-like humility Amen. that attracts people to him. But uh, one, one fast story, one, one time he wanted to get away from the office, and, and so he asked me to meet him in a hotel in Fort Lauderdale. And, he, and one day he wanted to get a haircut, so we go down to the barber shop in the <laughs> hotel. And uh, the manicurist there struck up a conversation with him. She said, so what do you do? He said, I'm a preacher. She goes, oh, I don't care for too many preachers. I don't listen to too many preachers. She said, the only one I really like is Billy Graham. <laughs> he said, you like Billy Graham, do you? She said, oh, yeah, I preach straight from the Bible, and I just I can trust him. He said, well, thank you. I am Billy Graham. She said, oh, you don't even look like him. <laughs> and so the barber backed up and pointed at him and mouthed to her, it's really him. And she said, oh, my God. And he said, no, but I work for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the essence of Billy Graham. Wow, <laughs> powerful. Uh, final question for Jerry Jenkins. And, again, so grateful to have both of my guests in studio today. Jerry, um, we believe that uh, transparency is one of the new superpowers to reach people and I've asked all of my guests um, if they had one unanswered question they could ask God right now, or perhaps you've already, you've already found the answer, perhaps you've struggled through it, what would it be? What's your unanswered question? You know, I'm not one who, who um, labors over the idea that God owes us anything. And, and I was raised in, in this tradition, in, in biblical tradition, that I believe that, that we're really worthy of nothing. Mm -hmm. And... And so when, when people have bad things happen and they question God, I honestly don't think I would question God or shake my fist at him and say, how can you do this to me? But I have to admit, when I see him do it, do it or allow it to others, I do wonder. Uh, when I was talking about uh, Sammy Tippett, here's a guy who's just totally sold out to God, mm -hmm. has given up everything. He could, be, he could have fame and fortune, and you know he preaches in stadiums around the world, and then he'll sleep on a riverbank because there's the tribe that hasn't heard. 
um, that he wants to talk to the next day. But he's had cancer. Um, his uh, uh, in-laws have had Alzheimer's. His he was hit by a car. His, one of his his daughter was hit by a car. His son almost choked to death as a child. Every time I hear these stories, I'm thinking, why him? Why not me? I mean, I, I'm less worthy, if if anything, than than a guy like Sammy Tippett. When I when I see those things happen to people, especially missionaries and people that have given up everything for the mm-hmm. sake of the gospel, mm-hmm. it's a question I do want to ask. Mm-hmm. And and I realize none of us are worthy. You know, we you know if we all got what we deserve, we'd all have the things that's like right. that. And but that's that's a that's a question for me. Such a powerful thought. What about you, Doctor Evans? What unanswered question have you have you thought about, worked through, struggled with? You know, I, it's the other side of the coin that Jerry just described. <clears throat> I just wonder about God's grace. How I, I've, I'm just baffled by it. How we humans mess up so many things, mm. and our uh, capacity and ingenuity and creativity for evil is just mm. staggering to me. Mm. I, I mean, I've got a couple of stories uh, mm. on my mind. I'm not going to share them, but recently, and one of them touching on on a family member, and I'm just wondering how in the world can we humans be so stupid, Mm -hmm. so self-destructive, and so sinful, and yet God loves us, Mm -hmm. and for some reason, and that's my question that's unanswered, for some reason, he doesn't give up, and he doesn't turn his back on us, but he still reaches out and says, I love you. And I want to have a relationship with you. To me, that's the unanswered question. Mm, what a powerful word from our guests, Jerry Jenkins and Craig, studio, Craig Evans in studio today. I'll leave you with a great benediction from Jude, a wonderful brother of Jesus. He said, now to him who is able, dunamai in Greek, he has the power to present us blameless, faultless before his glorious presence to the great God, our Savior, Seven times God has called our great Savior in the New Testament. And today, no matter what you're going through, I want you to hear from this group. God loves you, and he can cause you to stand blameless and faultless by the power not of what you've done or can do, but through what Jesus did, shedding his blood for you on the cross. We've had a great conversation. I'm going to be back taking your questions. I hope you've been submitting those at askjjj.com. We're going to take a quick break. But Jerry Jenkins, Craig Evans, thank you all for joining us again. Pick up Dead Sea Rising in a store near you. And I hope you all will come back and tell us about uh, the sequel when it comes out later this year. Will you do that? We'd love to. Happy to do that. Stay with us back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to our final segment. You're listening to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Thank you so much, Craig Evans and Jerry B. Jenkins, for just your wonderful insights in the previous segments. I want to go right to your questions that have been coming in at AskJJJ.com. Uh, Elise asks, is it wrong according to the Bible to be curious? And she goes on to explain different situations, and she says, I understand the concept of when you're interested in a cult, then it's wrong because you can get caught up by it. Um, Great question, Elise. No, it is not wrong, according to the Bible, to be curious. In fact, the scriptures tell us in the Psalms that God loves an inquiring mind. Um, We could do a parenthetical note that God loves a curious mind. And what's beautiful, as Arthur Wendell Holmes once said, is all truth is God's truth. So we can see God in the truth that we see that corresponds to the world around us. So 
although I say it's okay to be curious, that's not just this blank check. Oh, I'm curious in this sinful thing like pornography so I can go check it out. No, there are certain guardrails to it. Or I'm curious in smoking weed. No, I'm not saying that's okay. Obviously, the Bible in a biblical worldview gives us very clear parameters that there are certain things that our sinful inclinations may be interested in enjoying, but because we are Christians who follow Jesus Christ, we simply ignore those things. So um, I think we need the Holy Spirit who indwells us to be to show us where our limitations are. Yes, God wants you to explore. I think this is what we're going to be doing, Elise, for all eternity. We're going to be curious for all eternity about the great works of God that have been on display um, since the beginning of creation. I mean, just think about that for a moment. God is inexhaustible. Imagine his creation. We're going to be curious, but we're going to do so with the right God-honoring attitude. So thanks again for your question. Let's go to another question. Josh. Are people's testimonies about them visiting heaven or hell real? My grandmother listens to people's testimonies about going to hell and heaven, and she wants me to listen to them, too. I doubt they are real. Are they? Uh, Well, Josh, um, we always want to be respectful to our grandmothers, number one. Um, And I understand why you are reticent to believe in some of these testimonies, because some of them, uh, there was a very famous one recently, Um, where the young man just basically came out and said it was a big lie. Uh, I just did it to write books. But I will tell you this, Josh, as a scholar. Um, We call these NDEs, near-death experiences, and I've read medical journals from doctors, people that aren't trying to make money selling best-selling books, where they've had patients who have died on the table who come back and they can say what was happening in the room. I mean, it's it's very interesting. And why it's persuasive to me as an apologist, and we have to go here in 30 seconds, it's very persuasive because it shows that there is some kind of afterlife. There's more, and we'll probably do a program on it. Friends, you've been listening to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Again, thanks to my guests, Jerry B. Jenkins and Craig Evans. Subscribe, follow us, connect with us. God is for you, and thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. See you next time. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from The Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you, so if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. you also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of The Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do a Google Play, RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.